Oh, it's gonna be all right. All right, I want you to know that you've come a long, 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 long way. You've still got a long way to go. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am the blind blogger, Maxwell Ivy, and this is another episode of What's Your Excuse? Where we challenge your excuses that are holding you back and keeping you from accomplishing the big goals and dreams that you have for your life. And I'll do that by bringing you interviews with people who have overcome adversity, thrived in spite of difficult life circumstances, struck out on their own and started an amazing new business, or are experts who can share actionable real-world advice with you. And occasionally somebody who I just happen to admire, respect, and want to talk to. Uh, you can find me at theblindblogger.net, theblindblogger.net. Um, I also want to mention that uh, the show is sponsored this week by my friends Chip and Pam Edwards at Create My Voice. That's at createmyvoice.com. And they're the people who have managed to get my podcast and my blog on the Alexa and Google Home speakers. So now I have the potential of reaching millions of people that may not have heard about me or had the option of finding me through uh, usual search engines or my email list. And they can do the same for you. It's a pretty easy process and uh, they're really nice people. And if you just head over to createmyvoice.com, they will also fix your website and your blog and your podcast up. So you have the option of, of more people hearing you because it doesn't matter how good your story is. It doesn't matter how good your advice is. It doesn't matter how good your product or service is if nobody knows about it. All right. So today I'm lucky again, I'm going to, I'm going to be talking with uh, James Roberts. He uh, was born with a femoral dysplasia, floating hip and scoliosis. He went on to be a champion Paralympic athlete in swimming, rowing and seated volleyball uh, he's now a health and fitness coach. He continues to encourage others. And he also has a podcast called Mindset Game, which uh, is another place where you can where you can get more inspiration and, and education to help you uh, improve yourself in a physical manner as well as a, as well as your mental approach. And you can find him at fitamputee.co.uk. Uh, so James, uh, Good morning or good afternoon where you are, and welcome to What's Your Excuse? Maxwell, thanks again for the introduction. Oh, thanks for you coming on my show. Um, also for being, you know, uh, what I consider a good friend in the online community through our various Facebook uh, uh, groups and, and just supporting each other. So I appreciate your help. Oh, it's, I'm absolutely honored to come on your show. Well, thank you. So um, what I... What I'd like to do is I is I'd like to start off by uh, by asking a question that uh, hopefully will get us off to a good start, and that is I understand you you recently had a, a health setback or maybe a recurrence and it caused some anxiety and you're you're now dealing with the the physical and mental, and I just wanted you to talk a little bit about how our health is something that we never get to an end point with. We're always there's always a potential for, for new injuries or changes in our life and just how you've been dealing with that and what you think about it. 
I think with that, Maxwell, I think people get obsessed to a certain extent and, and, and do overcomplicate things because they think, and we just got, we were talking about this before we started recording, uh, people think of the difficulty will come when they either want to lose weight, uh, transform in some kind of way, and actually make a, a massive impact and a, a great deal of change within their life. And I actually, and I do surprise people, and this is actually a question I was asked uh, not too long ago, because somebody wanted to get, once they were happy and content at being a certain weight, what did they have to do to be able to maintain that? And I said, well, it's actually going to be more difficult than you going from, and I I use the analogy of of going on the freeway, motorway kind of analogy of, okay, you think going from from point A to point B is going to be difficult. Try staying at point B and trying maintaining to a certain extent it's an illusion of where you see you're going to be most happiest and I think you need to take a step back at times and I'll use my story as I got to a state of anxiety probably due to stress uh, overwhelm and things just kind of got out of hand and I actually lost a lot of weight so so people were probably to a certain extent envious whereas, whereas I would hear stories of you you look like you've lost weight. Did you mean to lose weight? And I'm thinking to myself, coming from my background in sport and obviously health and fitness, well, I'm not used to hearing these sort of um, anecdotes and people telling me I look a certain way because to me, I look, are you telling me I'm unwell? Am, am I, do I look sick? And, and I got people to actually, can you go beyond that initial comment and give me a little bit more substance because it's like this is freaking me out because you're saying you're telling me that I don't look my normal self and 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 I, and I think once I gradually got out of what is a dark place hitting rock bottom and started coming back out and I was able to express that better it's like well maybe at the initial thought yes I wanted to lose weight because I'd put quite a bit on and keep people be quite hit, surprised to hear that but that was be due. At that particular time, I was working in education and obviously people can relate to be it from a working environment, working with kids. Uh, you hear the quote, uh, working with kids, animals, you don't want to go down that route in terms of it brings his own stresses on board. So I was taking all the wrong avenues per se to be able to get an instant hit of energy. So be it, you know, coffee, um, everything that was necessary, what, what I know per se is not the best way. I could have gone down a different route, but I kind of pushed it aside, brushed it aside. I was like, well, I'm only going to do it short term. And it just kind of spiraled out of control and it become, it became just the norm. And then I think that's where it he- headed in that direction of, of hitting anxieties because I've come so far removed from what was my normality of being very health oriented, health conscious, that be even I had anxiety around even little things of sugar, and 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 I wasn't thinking logically because it's from people within my field, it's a natural response to um, have a reaction towards any sort of carbohydrate. It doesn't have to necessarily be something of sugar, but that's that's the body's sort uh, first choice of energy source to be able to function and once I was able to actually through counseling 
and learning and I'm implementing steps to get better, you're thinking, well, the body's only responding naturally to what it needs to do. It's, it's, it's getting energy. It's giving you that quick boost of energy to function. And then once I was in a state of being able to deal with that, I was okay. But it's, it's reminding people of getting to this state of normality you need to be content. You're not, you're do, not doing it for somebody else. You're doing it for you. And then you're, if you're okay with that, and, and I think it's, it is re- telling people and reassuring there's nothing wrong with fluctuating. Right. So are we talking like uh, in large amounts of sugar, energy drinks, uh, amphetamines? I mean, as far as trying to maintain your energy? Oh, I didn't go extreme as that. Um, it would be uh, candy, sweets over here um lots of processed food and, and and i should have known better but i think I, because you get into a habit a routine of doing it day in day out i wasn't eating like that for every single meal i was having a nutritious meal at night but obviously as what i've alluded to now i eat a i would say nutritiously a little bit. I'm not going to say obsessively to to. Oh come on, we come on. We both we both know in the world we live in. Even somebody who wants to be healthy can only do so much. So I mean, uh, what what I what we me or you might consider nutritious, somebody else might go. I can't believe you're eating those processed uh, those processed items in your diet, or I can't believe you're eating cheese, or I can't believe you aren't eating kale. You know, I'm sure there's. Uh, I mean, there's, there's really only so much we can do when it comes to a healthy meal. So if it's what you consider healthy and you're maintaining your weight, then, then that's, that's a great starting point. So, uh, I also like that you, I, um, I thought it was interesting that where you live, the people were, people were saying, are you unwell? Where I live, people would be go going, you're losing weight. Can you tell me how you're doing it? Oh, I, think some, I think somebody in my work environment, they did. But I was like, oh, okay. and, and, this, and this was towards probably where I was getting better. I'm thinking, no, you don't. Because I, <laughs> I, I can relate to, well, I'm at a certain weight. And it kind of happened overnight that I kind I started to started to feel better. But it was probably steps in place I put in. But because you do, you live it day in, day out, you don't. You don't look at the importance of those, those, what, what are massive factors. So if somebody's saying to me, oh, what did you do to be able to, I said, well, do you want anxiety to have this, to have the benefits of it? It's like, in, well, I, yeah. I know you want the benefits of the weight loss, but I can assure you, you don't want to be um, living on edge right 24/7 but pretty close be it your body's on overdrive because it's it's in flight fight or flight mode all the time i didn't like it so i was like do you really want the two together i know you want the the latter but i can assure you don't want the former right i once told i told somebody at church a few weeks back i said i said blindness blindness has taught me patience he said man that's a really high price to pay for patience you know, yeah, but, um, but would, would you put that down to that? That, that, that just comes down to perspective, doesn't it? <laughs> oh yes, yes, it does. It comes down to perspective. So, uh, I, I, I also, um, I also visit your website, and um, I'm, I'm, I'm just really jealous that in in Great Britain, 
you were able to go through the, the national health system and you were able to get help with your anxiety. Here in the U.S., if I have anxiety, I'm going to self, unless I have really good insurance, which requires a, a large annual income and a big investment in monthly premiums, I'm not going to get help. I'm going to self-diagnose. I'm going to read on the Internet. I'm probably going to end up taking either supplements or possibly, you know, prescription drugs that may or may not be good for me. So um, you talk a little bit about how they were able to help you and, you know, um, a little bit about the system because uh, I'm just wondering, you know, how you've, how you re- finally realized that you had it and what the process was to get to this point where you're at now. Um, I, I think if we start very, at the very beginning, it was, I didn't, how would I actually put it into words? I think when I realized that I had a problem, I was like breaking down emotionally. I'd be crying for no apparent reason, be it. Um, I think what was the, the, the trigger for me was Remembrance Day. And I was crying for no reason. I said, okay, it is an upsetting factor that so many people lost their lives during of, of World War One and World War Two. But I was having that connection to uh, my grandmother that, that had died, I was trying to think about, about 15 years ago plus. And I was putting that connection on that. Did I actually fully grieve at that time? Probably not, uh, because it was trying to be put on this facade that I need to be, have a bravado. Uh, I need to be strong for the rest of my family. I did break down to a certain extent at the crematorium, but did I fully grieve when I was, how old have I been? About 15, 16? Probably not. Cause I've, once I come back from uh, where I now reside and went back to Belgium where we were living at the time, um, I went back to school. I brushed it under the carpet. I wanted to get back to normality straight away. I didn't tell teachers. Um, I didn't tell my principal. I didn't tell anybody. I, I kind of did it. Well, uh, talking about what you're talking about, self-diagnosis. I wanted to deal with it my way. And and I think, well, it would have been stigmatized back then, mental health. Uh, it's oh, it not what is. it is. It, I think if it, it would have been what it, it being in a better place today, back then, I probably be a little bit more open, but then on the flip side of that, I was very, probably much more open with my feelings as a youngster, be it because my mother, uh, aunt and, and, and grandmother was very much influential on, on my upbringing. So uh, me being, not having that male role model to speak of, so to speak, be it from my father figure, I would have a, probably from a sporting connection put me at ease i think it hasn't come to a proper to about when i've got older as well you were okay with it back then to give up be uh talk about your feelings when you needed to to vent frustration you name it uh sadness and talk about well what has got you in this state and i think sport hasn't helped me because and i'll and i'll i'll give it a kicking it needs because i think we we're told and, and, and kind of learn this behavior we need to be robots to a certain extent i need to mask my feelings because if i give away how i'm feeling to another uh, individual they can take advantage of it so i think from that perspective it did take away from me to a certain extent i would say not my identity but me being me uh being i'm not going to be a doormat or be a pushover but i need to be me and once i've realized that 
and are seeking help and say, well, I can see that as a problem. I'm, I'm not per se myself. Uh, and I think my, my actual uh, general practice surgery is, is they try something more experimental. They kind of phase it in where everything is under one roof, be it doctors, nurses, physios, um, mental health practitioners. So if you went to a doctor and you said, Papa, I've got this problem. Okay. We'll, we'll put the anxiety, depression all into one sphere. I broke down an actual speaking to the doctor about it. So they had me do a test as to is it anxiety or is it depression and then give you the necessary, necessary help that you need to thereafter. So uh, we've got teams in place where they'll look after certain individuals by where you live. And, but I said, well, uh, the person that looks after the mental health side of things isn't in my, isn't the, the lead person for my team, but he'd known me, be it oh god when did i meet him first of all about two years ago so he, he's got a he's got a baseline as well this is what james was like day to day back then this is the symptoms that he's presenting right now and we can discuss well, where, where, where do i want to get to in the future so it was whereas the other person i would have to explain well this is what i was like in the past um this is where i'm at now let's kind of jump a step as from that perspective as well, you know what I was like, I was, I'm not going to give too much away, but be it more bubbly, not, not apprehensive, so to speak, and not very much unhinged. Whereas now I'm, I'm very much on the back foot, a little bit more reserved, um, would, uh, kind of recluse to a certain extent. And let's try and be it, not go down the pharmaceutical route of giving pills and things let's go but down the holistic approach and see if if that works and solves the issue great if it doesn't obviously we've got to go back to the the former with the pharmaceuticals to be able to solve the problem and i, I was lucky the the holistic approach worked for me and being there were just suggestions it'd be would you try that would be willing to try this would you be willing to try that and it was just trial and tr- a little bit of trial and error and i think slowly as i've gone through that process i think people are quite shocked because i went to the bar i know going off topic a little bit now went to the barber last week and i went into the shop oh what what, what, what do you suggest and <laughs> kind of their look on their faces oh we don't get that c- kind of um request all the time but i think it was because i'm very content with where I'm at it's like I'm willing to be risk adverse or quite quite dangerous sometimes because it's yeah so yeah so your barber realized you went from somebody who would tell him how to cut your hair to somebody who's like um what do you think I'm open to you doing pretty much whatever you want to whatever you think would would look good on me so that's that is a, a that is a big change and you know uh, it, you, there used to be a time that your bartender and your and your and your barber knew you better than a lot of other people in your life. So I'm not su- really surprised that he noticed. Um, I do want to mention one thing. A lot of times in podcasts, I get asked questions and I have to work through them myself during the interview. And I've had uh, quote coaches who are like, you know, Max those really don't make you look good. You should try not to do that. And I'm like, I'm sorry. That's, that's, I think that the, the more honest and authentic I can be, the better it helps my potential listeners. I've never asked a guest a question that he had to think about 
and work through while he was on my show. So thank you for giving me that experience. I'm really honored you were willing to go there because most people just aren't. They think they have to show that facade, as you called it, all the time. I don't like to. It's it, it is a process because I think, be it from a coaching perspective, I think I've been taught or have seen on social media, you you need to not try and be a different person for a different environment. So, be if I use the the example of you're going to be a certain way with your friends and family, you're going to be a different person within a sporting arena, and then you're going to be a t- different person for in front of your business. You can't betray, you can't do that because the, when the two overlap the people will say well why are you a certain way here and you're a certain way there um whereas it is a continuing process of being able to do i'm showing me in all those arenas okay the 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 family and friends in the sporting arena probably closer to to my heart so they're easier to be able to to overlap that you're going to get be my sense of humor um my banter uh, me being me, whereas I won't take things to heart. Whereas the business is quite difficult at times. It's like, well, I- I'd like to show you this, but I still want I still want boundaries. But I think when you are willing to open up, be vulnerable, uh, and be the authentic self, I think that's where people can really connect and and, and see the. Alt- the authenticity of you as a person because it's like well you're not shying away from uh adversity um things you've have to endure over your life whereas be it like if we talk about like the mental health thing i'm not all right with that i'm okay with that because it's it was self oh not self-dynosis but me giving myself counseling and, and looking at well if i talk about it it obviously lowers the stigma of it because more and more people are willing to do that. And then it might help somebody else, but I wasn't looking at it as looking for sympathy. Um, I don't even think I've ever even written above the post. I'm not looking for sympathy. It'd be, this is what I've done. I'm not saying it's going to be clear and cut, cut, cut for you. This is what's worked for me. You might be able to take um, one or two strategies that I implemented. You might have to implement more, but it's that willingness to be open-minded to that to that outcome, and, and I think where I we're coming back to the, with the adverse situation, it's generally other people say you've had an adverse upbringing. Um, your situation has been difficult. I know no different. I, I've kind of had family that's been very, I don't want to say ruthless, but very old school in their way of thinking. It's, we're going to throw you in the deep end. Do you swing? Do you sink or you, do you swim? And I think that's the positivity I've had from such a young age. And it's only probably in the last couple of years that I've started to go uh, have the, those momentary lapses of, you know, self-doubt, um, having an inkling of what others think of it. Whereas you put me when I was a kid in a sporting sense to a certain degree, probably I did care what others thought of me because it's, you are judged, be it from a coaching perspective, a teammate perspective on your performance. Whereas I think as a kid, I know I've got this disability. If you don't like me, I probably didn't care because I had that good connection around me. So I think it's, it's remembering that you can't please everybody. 
Right. I appreciate that. Um, in, in my family, it was the same way. It was, um, there was four families, all of them involved in the carnival business. There was probably 15 or 20 cousins who played together. And, uh, there was really never any, uh, any, you know, other, other than when it had to be such as for school or, uh, for safety, there was really never any, you're different than the rest of them. So, I uh, appreciate that. I'm talking with uh, James Roberts. Um, he is a fitness coach, former Paralympic champion athlete, and you can find him at fitapute.co.uk. Um, I really got to work on that because y'all got different letters over there. Um, okay, so why don't, you ta- why don't you tell people a little bit more about um, your – disability as people would see it now and some of your some of your early days growing up gosh mac that's a very hard question i i, I do like people that that, that they'll ask about it and the, why i use it as kind of an amputee kind of perspective it, 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 to a certain extent it's me being lazy uh because it, it means i don't have to explain it but you ask oh i me. so get that go ahead but i think if we actually go into the nitty gritty of it, be it you're talking about femoral dysplasia, the med- it's the medical term for the disability. And let's see if I can get this right because sometimes I get it wrong. Uh, I'm missing my femur, which is the top portion of the leg. Uh, I have a small tibia and fibula, what would be in the ankle. And that is in what is actually attached to my hip. So when I say amputation, I think people will be, be able to vi- visualize it better because it's like, well, we know what an amputation looks like. I've seen it on television, see it in magazines. It's more and more commonplace now because of, of more and more conflicts that our nations have been in. So it's, it's not troublesome. You don't really have to explain what it is and be it okay if I'm in shorts or something like that you can see that I have an artificial leg. So I think people can relate to that. But mine's a little bit more complex in terms of the nature. And obviously it's a, you could say it's a birth defect, but how it's transpired to be, it coming to that fruition and what the causes are, I don't know. Right. And, uh, and how that played into your, your sporting career? Um, and I think this is a great one from a Facebook perspective because it was an amputee group said, what are you thankful for, be it your amputation? And I came from it from obviously a different field altogether, be it if it wasn't for the disability, I obviously wouldn't be have the opportunity to one, speak to obviously loads and loads of podcasts, be it because of my story. And then secondly, I wouldn't have had the, the sporting journey that that I was able to accomplish for over a decade if it hadn't been for the disability. Okay, my childhood ambitions were to be an athlete, but once I turned into a teenager, it's like, well, those are unrealistic. You're not going to be uh, a soccer player or play basketball at an able-bodied level because it's unfeasible. It's unrealistic. What avenues are you going to do instead? So it kind of you could call it fate. Uh, I would call it, it just things kind of had a domino effect and kind of fell into my lap. Sport actually kind of found me. And then I kind of hit the ground running, had the right people in my corner 
and it kind of had a domino effect from there. It kind of went, even if something went wrong, another door seemed to open. Yeah, I noticed that. You went from uh, swimming and then when, uh, when, when it looked like you were not as uh, successful in swimming, you went to rowing. And then after, after rowing, uh, the seated volleyball it was like uh, as, as maybe your time in one sport was over, a, a brand new sport with different challenges showed up. Why well, was probably more negative than that as to <laughs> um, when one door shut, the other, another one opened. It would be well, I, I would use it as within sport, well, Paralympic sport and disability sport, more specifically. I think Wales is at the forefront. So me being having it on my doorstep is, is I would say, a pri- privilege and a blessing because they kind of have your maybe a lesser degree nowadays, but that that is. It takes two to lose connection, but back in those days, it would be, I saw it as, okay, one door shuts. What do I do now? I'd envisioned as when I'd been dropped from the swimming program, I was at university. I think I would kind of, I would say a little bit excited. Okay. I get to be a student when I come back. Uh, But I got a phone call probably a couple of days later. Okay what is your thoughts about doing obviously rowing? And I thought, well, I don't know. I don't know what to, what to think. So I, I'm quite close with my mother anyway. I picked up the phone. What's your thoughts? And and I kind of use this as, um, uh, could call it clickbait to certain extent. It'll get somebody to opinionate and, and get people to alienate themselves and be one side of the fence or the other. And she says she doesn't remember saying it in this way, but I, I think I use it because it probably makes a greater impact. You could be absolutely, you could be very, very good, sorry, or absolutely useless. And that will, that will put somebody up. Well, how could somebody say loving, say that to you? But I never saw it as, <laughs> I, I never saw it as a negative. I saw it as a positive. It's like, well, if I'm good at it, we roll with it. If I'm not very, very, if I'm, if I'm useless at it, well, obviously I won't continue with it and I'll do something else. But it's that that takes a positive mindset to to probably envision that, whereas maybe somebody else would be maybe on the fence or maybe a little bit more pessimistic. It's like, well, that'd be soul-destroying. It's like, well, I never saw it. as a, and, and, and when it transpired to go from, from rowing to, to sitting volleyball, the same thought process came up. I... I, 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 I I think I had the same conversation again, but I brought up that comment uh, and and it's, it kind of, you learn from past, past experiences. Be I'd had success with making the decisions that I had with rowing, be it um, going full-time and moving away from university, move to, to the Southeast of England to go full-time. When that opportunity happened again, we were sitting volleyball to go full time and live in London and train there. Well, it's a no brainer. I'm not at university. I don't have so much expectations weighing on my shoulders. You saw what the outcome was from doing it. How many years previously would it have been? Two years prior, what have you got to lose? by at least giving one year of your, your time to being full, a full-time athlete again. So I I'd, I'd probably did it for the short term uh, and put my studies on hold from postgraduate level as well. Okay, let's, let's give volleyball a year. If it doesn't work out, 
I can still go back and study if it does. And obviously, subsequently, he did. That that balance became difficult, but that's a different story altogether. But yeah. those those decisions, I think, having that open mindedness to try and look at failure in a in a positive light, I think it, it put it put me in a, a good precedent because it's like, well you fail and you try again, you get back on that high horse, you get back on that bike and you go again. I think because we become adults and we're kind of conditioned to look at failure in a bad light because it's bad. Whereas as youngsters, you'd probably look at it as, okay, I've fallen off this, this bike once I've taken a stabilizer off. Oh, well, let me get back on and keep going until I overcome this um, problem. Put it, and I find a solution to it. And I'm going to keep going until I I find that resolution. Yeah, a couple of things that you've talked about in the last few minutes here. One was that uh, you uh, you use the word amputee because it's it makes it easier to explain things and. Me personally, I tell people in most of my correspondence and online stuff that, that I'm totally blind because it makes things easier. You know, I do have, actually have light perception, but if then, then it gets into a question of what do you see? You know, is it shapes? Is it, uh, is it shadows? Is it colors? So it avoids, it avoids a conversation by doing that. And then the other thing is, is there's been lots of times for me where it wasn't, uh, where, where somebody asked asked me, would you consider trying something? And I think that both of us have an, have a a track record of seeing these requests as short term investments. That it's not like this is who I'm going to be for the rest of my life. So if I fail at it, it's horrible. And uh, I I think that really does allow you to be more positive about it. Well, I think, I think, I think you do look at it. Sure. Okay. The long-term goal was always and ha- always had, well, I shouldn't say always has been, always had been. I'm still still do athletics to a certain extent, but not to the degree that I used to. You look at it as a, as a short, and I would say this for anybody, you, you don't look at your end goal as the result because you're setting yourself up to fail. Be it if you put it as a monetary value that you wanted to attain. Well, okay. I want to attain, I'll say something that's really unrealistic now, I don't know, 60 grand in, in a week. For some people that might be achievable, but for most it's unattainable. I've set myself up to fail straight away because it's, I'm trying to get to this figurative amount where there's, I've not looked at how am I going to get to that number. I'm, I've kind of plucked it out of thin air and I think, from an athlete perspective, it's easier because, okay, we have an end goal of be it the Olympics, the World Championships, Paralympics. That's four years away. But our schedules are d- designed to be, and I'll see if I can get this right, ma- macro-cycled as to to um, be at the month. Well, from a yearly perspective, then broken down to months. The months are broken down into weeks, and obviously it's from days. And you, you look at it as <sighs> overcoming the the obstacles day in day out and and obviously the, the process is get from a to b to okay not everybody's going to be able to represent their country on the highest stage but it's going to put you in a position to be able to do that and they're going to pick the best person 
to then subsequently represent the 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 the, the team, the sport, and then the nation. So I think because we look at it as short, intermittent goals, and then it's then you've got your medium goals as well, and you'll go back and 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 reflect and reanalyze those. I've always been I've gone away from it a little bit. Uh, as as I've I've got older and obviously moved away from sport, but it's going back to those processes. Well, if I need to get to my result, what do I need to do from process, a process perspective to be able to facilitate that? You know, I've heard over the years of all the benefits from being involved in sports, but one of them that I've never heard mentioned is that it teaches people to break big tasks up into smaller, achievable. Uh, bites or steps, but it, but it has taught you that, and it probably teaches that to a lot of to a lot of other people. Um, now you mentioned having the right people in your corner. Who are some of the people that have encouraged you or challenged you over the years, and how do you find these people? Um, probably families have been a big one because they've got your back. Be it be the good and the bad those are definitely people you're not always going to agree with them be it uh and i posted about one gosh a few months ago with like the, you need to believe in yourself i had a difference of opinion with my aunt and uncle uh well, how many years are we talking about about 11 12 years ago as this this sport was not a career i was like okay i don't agree with you but i'm going to hear you out and listen to what you have to say because that's how I've been brought up. But I'll take on board what you say and then implement into what I'm more more passionate about, what I want to do with my life. And then obviously probably because my mother had seen me day in, day out from the very start in sport, as long as I dedicate 100% of, of my work ethic into what I'm doing, she's going to support me so i think having those sort of individuals like that i would say probably elements of luck be it the the people that you're going to get in your corner be it coaches uh, sporting directors generally they had your best intention at heart be it they were going to put you in the position to succeed um at sometimes at cost of themselves but I think those are the individuals that you probably appreciate the most because it's like, well, you're you're not you're self-sacrificing yourself for the better of myself. So I think once I got to be it the Beijing Paralympics, uh, London Paralympics, it's my opportunity to give back. It's like, well, you've facilitated that journey to be able to put me on that that stage, that platform to be successful. Now here's here's my chance to be give back to the people's closest to my heart. Okay, be it family, friends, and a lot of those people are, be it friends. That be I wouldn't call them coaches. It be I would pick up the phone. I won't say on a weekly basis, but a lot of time just to, to check or they're checking on me or how are you doing? Are things okay? Be it from an education standpoint, I, I are you okay physically, mentally? On that basis, they had your intention. So it's, it's difficult, be it, to be able to probably seek them out. But I think right. people, people of that nature probably gravitate towards you. And coming back to this authentic self, being vulnerable, being you, you, your true self, 
those people will find you. Right. Now, me personally, uh, I have benefited a lot from people that I have uh, met online, either through uh, blog, reading and commenting or uh, social media groups. Um, do you, how do you, how do you feel about it? Have you, have you met any people in your online work as a coach or promoting yourself that you feel have become part of your circle? Um, I think there's one right at this moment that the relationship is kind of growing as we're talking more and more. Uh, it was cause he's, he t- cause I'm helping with a TEDx talk in what was it about five weeks from now in, in London as we're speaking uh and he kind of said well what what did you do to be able to get in that person's ear well I went on the offensive I learned I, I remember what I did in sport what did I, I I'm talking to somebody else uh who's been on my show Donnie Boyvan he said he said do you have a mentality of being and you could probably use any um, Marvel character or DC character to make the analogy, but I'll use the Hulk. Do, are you going to be, use your logic and be the, uh, Bruce Banner? Are you going to be the Hulk and smash, smash, smash windows in, break doors down, <laughs> and use that mentality of, of going on the offensive? Uh, I've talked to other coaches who use be it going going on the hunt and and actually going out, well, going out to you know keep going. The elements of of a hunt is to kill something. So you 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 want to be able to be ruthless. So I I kind of went out my way. Well, the information isn't per se in the public domain. I'm quite young. Well, let me use my technical now of okay. Let's try and find a website. Let's try and find them on social media and just connect and say bop bop. I'd like to find when is the deadline for the um, submission of applications. Okay, I subsequently missed it. But when he came back and said, oh, would you like to help out and volunteer at the events? Like, okay. And then it opens it opens doors because you're willing to collaborate and uh, be a source of support. Whereas I think within my industry per se, it's the complete opposite. It's, it, you're taught from day one to be as ruthless as possible, undercut somebody, and try and probably kill their business. Whereas this 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 is support mechanism. Oh, I think where I'd started out in a gym environment was contrary to that. But that's a, that's a that's a misnomer. That's a, an outlier. Yes. I would put I I would put it because most of those things it's you're you're coming in new. Somebody's more established. Well, I'm going to stump on your throat, kind of, uh, I'll use the Kobe Bryant analogy, you know, going for the throat. They're going to try and kill you before you step through the door. So that <laughs> mentality of, it's very alien to, to the to fitness industry. Whereas when you get the right people within your circle, it is the collaboration does actually transpire because they're trying to, you're trying to raise yourself up together. Whereas normally it's, in the past, it'd be let me cut the 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 um, stepladder from underneath me. If you're you're attached to that, oh well, <laughs> you, you you can start getting yeah. from, yeah, from the I'm, bottom, a bit like snake and snakes and ladders kind of mentality. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Thankfully, we we live in a world where uh, offering value and supporting other people is becoming more and more the the way to get to where to where it is that you want to go in this world 
And I love your example of your TED's talk because that is true. Uh, in two, for two, two, in two respects, one that, um, you reached out to them, you stalked them, you could try to connect with them. You find, and, and you're, you're wanting to build a relationship that you could hopefully use to get on that stage. But when you find out you've missed the deadline, it isn't like, Oh, I've missed the deadline. I can forget about this till next year. It's not missed the deadline. Uh, I'm going to see if I can't help them by volunteering at the event because those events are all volunteer organized. So mm-hmm. they need warm bodies as my dad used to call them. And so you've now put yourself in their ear for next year's Ted's event, Ted's event. And, you know, if we're talking TDX London, that's, that's an awfully big stage. So it's a good investment of the time and energy. And the other thing that you didn't mention is, is that by volunteering, you're going to rub elbows with the other speakers and other attendees. And who knows what opportunity is waiting for you while you're there performing a service and just trying to do the right thing. So I really appreciate that example you shared. Well, it's remembering the leverage because they can utilize, be it my past experiences. I know they did, they, well, I won't say commend me. They did appreciate me sharing it. It's like, I've got no problem with it. I'm going to be there. Uh, I'm helping at the event. Be it, I think the first thing I shared was me. So I'm obviously going to do that because everybody has vanity in them. They're going to want to promote themselves <laughs> uh, and push themselves forward into in a, into a, um, a different field, uh, a different environment and be able to leverage it. But for them to use my, my background from a sporting connection to be able to sell tickets, I'm okay with that. It's, it's a kind of a win-win scenario. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that last part, too, because I come from a background of carnival people. I understand promotion, and the only th- there's nothing more important than putting butts in the seats, feet on the ground, or faces behind the screen. So, uh, But a lot of people wouldn't have seen it that way. Now, uh, just to remind people, I'm talking with uh, James Roberts. He's a fitness coach, online fitness coach, former Paralympic champion athlete, uh, and – Thankfully, he's, uh, he's agreed to stop by and share some of his experiences and his knowledge with us. You can find him at fitamputee.co.uk. Now, on your website, you say that you are not a guru, which I appreciate. But I was just wondering, how do you think about yourself and what are some of the ways you help the people who, uh, who you work with? I'd go a step further and I'd say probably I don't see myself as an expert because – this term expert is you are you know everything within your field well okay you are an expert towards yourself because it's it's personal experiences uh past experiences and what's worked with you not necessarily what what works for me is what's going to work for you and, and people have to remember that okay i've been there and done it for other individuals but you need to be willing to put in the sacrifice I'm putting the hard yards because at times it's not going to be easy. And you have to remember that it's, it's, it comes to a point. There's going to be certain t- times that you're going to plateau. Things are going to go wrong. Things outside your control are going to have a bear, a bearing on, on your results. And obviously I'm there for, for support guidance. And at times probably giving you a kick up the ass <laughs> that you probably, some, <laughs> some people may need because it's like, well, okay, you're not getting the results that you, you 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 want. Why is that? And I can I kind of not pass the but but put the question back into your corner as to 
what are what are you willing to do to get that result? Be it a person within, uh, you could say, uh, a I'm going to say a nut job to a certain extent because sporting people and people within entertainment are a little bit loopy, a little bit crazy. I don't. I don't need to give somebody a kick up the ass. I do probably periodically because they'll get a little bit lazy, a little bit content, and uh, get on, get kind of rest on the laurels. And, and I was no different. There was to. I had to motivate myself from an outward perspective to reinvigorate myself. So come on, James, let's go again because somebody's willing to. I'm not say challenge you, but be it. Oh, and I use the the, the story now. Of, they did a BBC did a documentary on somebody who wanted to come into the rowing program from being, I think it would have been, what would it be? 2007, I think it was. So they'd probably been in Iraq or something like that. They'd been injured. And I was like, I'm going to, my, my uh, ultimate goal is to make the Paralympics. Okay. I saw that on television. Like, no, no, you're not. I've got a, I've got, I'm, I've definitely got a, something to say about that because at the moment I'm the front runner you would like to get there. So would I, so I'm <laughs> going to be your stumbling block. So, and to kind of cut a long story short, he got binned at the first hurdle. So he wasn't good enough of standard from the first trial we had I was thinking, well, you've done a TV program about that. And he's fallen at the first hurdle. So it's, to a certain extent, that's embarrassment, but that's a different story altogether. So it's like, well, it reinvigorated mine to be, hell no it's like you're not at the moment i'm number one i'm go. i'm going to make sure you know in certain terms and i'm not trying to be to uh, come across arrogant to put myself on the starting block for the beijing game obviously i subsequently did but i did have pitfalls and hurdles of myself to overcome the following season whereas i was put on the back foot i i think i'd only ever been beaten once on the water in in the sport and um, but that was in okay the, we, we competed in a double and that's the only time i was ever beaten be it um because the sport is unisex that's the only time so the you're going to be at disadvantage if you go second because the other person's got to row twice and i the the shoe was on the other foot the following season where i was the person that had to row twice so it's like well the other the whoever's got to go second is always at a disadvantage because there's no way in hell the individual could be at 100%. You might be able to get back to 90%, 95 So, so the other 5%, the other, where's the other person going to find it from? So I think from that basis of, I think where it gave me the leverage was because I'd beaten that person, be it training camps, uh, every trial we'd run individually head-to-head, I'd wipe, oh, I'd, I'd wipe the slate clean. I'd, 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 ba- I'd absolutely battered him. It wasn't, he wasn't even on the same postcode. Uh, or zip code, should I say? In terms of, it was it was it was so clear cut. It's like, well, okay, they were going to make the decision. Can I go? Can I go there? Even a blind man would have been able to know who won. Come uh, on, yeah, I would say so. It wasn't close. Right. Wasn't be, close. It wasn't close. It wasn't close. close. It wasn't close but be, be, they make their final decision on 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 that one. Uh, and I think the coaches were fair in saying to me, "We've never seen you." performed so crap as to that day prior or or later on from and i and and i guess i succumbed to the nerves of of the well you could say the emotional attachment to i want to be able to realize this 
Olympus Olympic moment, not Olympic moment, kind of Mount Olympus moment of this is the pinnacle of sport with, for, for people with disability. And right. I think I, I succumb to that emotional attachment to it. Whereas maybe for like world level, I dis, I disattach myself from it. Yes, I want to go, but I need to be here in the moment and here in the now. Whereas at that particular moment in time, I think I just succumbed to it. And I, and I don't know what happened on that day because trials are trials. They're exactly the same. The water, well, okay, the weather does change from that for the, from that basis, but the actual course is the same. So I probably learned from that experience as, okay, you, you've got to do a test. You've got to do a, a trial and go from that, that from that basis. So he's got that on me that he'd beaten me, but okay, I have the tracksuit to in my wardrobe to to say <laughs> I I probably learned from it as to uh, the, the 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 team manager said, well, coming back to what I talked previously talked about, where I had to move down to the southeast. That's the reason why, as you'd beaten, what you're doing in South Wales is we can't see, we only see your period for training camps and things like. That. So maybe you're not doing enough. Uh, so if we you you come under, so to speak, our wing, under our control, we can see you working your ass off day in day out. So I think once they see me move into that environment, it didn't happen as quickly as I'd probably liked. It probably didn't happen as fast as my director of sport would have liked because it's like oh, because uh, it was a lot of not political backwards and forwards behind the scenes that I didn't see, thankfully, but it did. And then once I'd moved up there. It and people could see that I'm, I'm, I'm dedicated. Uh, I'm willing to put the hours in, work my ass off. Whereas I, to no, I put to no fault of my own. Because the nature of myself being laid back, it comes across and rub people up the wrong way in the sporting world. It's like, well, you don't care. Why are you so laid back? Well, it's it's as if you could care less. It's like, well. well- I'm glad you brought that up because it doesn't just apply to sports, you know, and pretty much anything you do in life. If you look like you're, if your, your body language, your person personality comes across as if you're not nervous, scared, invested, whatever word you want to use, people think you don't care or they think you aren't, you aren't bothered by something and they maybe don't take what you're doing in that field as seriously as they would otherwise, but it's just your, it's just your approach. And I think we both have a in the moment type approach to events, which means that we aren't really all that uh, outwardly uh, responsive or uh, emotional outwardly because we're, we're focused on what we're doing. What what do you think? I mean, well, I like to stay relaxed as much as I can. That's probably why I do it and be laid back. It's like, well, if I'm, oh God, how would I put this? Laid out flat out on my back, no care in the world. I'm relaxed, and then the the, the, the actual event moment doesn't get the better of me. It'd be okay. It's no big deal. It's um, and I probably wasn't to a certain extent in that state of euphoria. I think for the 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 Olympic final because I I think I've only been once in that state and it happened a few weeks ago and I'm thinking, ah, you haven't haven't been in this state for a very long time. But I was as relaxed as can be in the most important event that I've ever had ever competed up to at that point. 
and I was relaxed. I think because for an outward perspective, be it what we'd said to the media as a medal would be a bonus. The final was the pinnacle. Okay, I've achieved that. I can relax. I'm in the top six. Anything can happen. And kind of go for that that mental whereas be it on the flip side of that, my last rowing race in two thousand and nine I can see it. when I've watched it back on TV, I can see it in my face. I'm scared shitless. And I'm thinking, okay, I performed okay, but I think it was because it was, this is my last one song. This is my last opportunity to medal. I've got to nail it. And I think maybe if I put myself maybe in a better position mentally, and this is probably where meditation's helped me more, more lately, as I've well, not as I got older, but with the anxiety coming back to that, and people say, "Well, why don't you try it?" That's been a massive help. But if I didn't actually implemented that, excuse me, into my sporting career, I probably would have been a better athlete. But that's all speculative. Right, right. And so, if you had been thinking of it, say like, uh, "This is this is my last moment. I really should enjoy the 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 experience." This however many meters I'm going to row today and just soak oh, in every I'd moment. I'd have never seen it like that when <laughs> you were trying to explain it. As, <laughs> I'm trying um, to make me understand how you would have seen it. I mean, I'm trying, you know. It's seen, uh, I, I guess from, from yes, could have put a more positive spin on it because what I know now uh, and all the, the study that I've subsequently done, the, the actual, and this is to, for everybody's benefit now, the, the actual physiological response is the same. Be it if you're nervous, worried, sad, you're going to feel one way. You have this illusion that you're going to feel completely different when you're happy, excited. Physically, it's the same response. It, it's, you feel exact. You just feel a little bit. You feel a little bit better being obviously happier than if you were sad. But but the the actual response is physically exactly the same thing so it's this 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 is association that i feel worried i'm apprehensive i'm stressed as bad whereas yeah like you said in terms of i could enjoy the moment it's going to be my last opportunity to be able to do this i think i did it did dawn on myself as uh once we finished and crossed the lines like i did break down it's like well, it's the last time i'm gonna have this opportunity to represent my country in this sport, that one was a bit emotional, but if I'd have lapped it up and enjoyed the experience, I don't think you ever can with sport because it's like, you kind of, it goes fuzzy, it goes, everything goes blank and you go back to muscle memory and just go through what you've done for repetition. So you do, pro- once I get started, it's, it's been the same with every sport. Once I get actually started, I'm fine. The, the worry dissipates. And you kind of go back into autopilot and you do everything you've done before. Right. Well, why don't you, uh, want to talk just a little bit about your meditation? Because the one technique that you, that you mentioned on your website, I thought that was really genius. Whoever came up with that idea. Just You're talking about the, um, step back and see if I can remember off the top of my head. Step back and watch the cars go by. That's headspace. That is. It's, it, oh, that's headspace. It's, okay. Well, it's, I'm, it's, never, I'm not it's, familiar with headspace. So, it's a, it's got a video to go with it, and it, it, it's it is. I think when you are thinking logically, it makes sense because it's like, well, 
I think some people are better. I'm very, my family is very good at it. But you know, people watching, just <laughs> you just sit down somewhere and just watch the world go by, and you you will forget about things and you won't worry about a thing. And I think I've been good at it and better at times. And when I do actually start going into the pitfalls of of going inside my own head, it will be what well, just take a step back and try and disconnect from your brain so to speak as i have control over it but i won't let it dictate to me what i what how i want to feel and things like that so i think it's it's taking that step back and watch the what what you're having problems with watch it go by and then actually do do, do you sense as is it is it really this thought that's going through your head is it is it as a big deal that you make it out to be and then obviously you probably think consciously probably not is it is it are you blowing it out of proportion which most people will do and i'm no i'm i'm no different and you look at it more rationally it's like well is this a thought that somebody else is putting on to me and be it like that we come back to the the story of um what my aunt, aunt and uncle thought best for me i didn't agree with it so it's 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 somebody else's belief but i didn't see it for me okay later down the line okay they're looking out for you but it's like well i don't want to get it i don't want to get a quote-unquote real job i'm fortunate enough within the united kingdom that is a paid job so if you're good enough you're going to get paid and and, and this argument i had with my mom yesterday she thought they get paid too much it's like well <laughs> it's like oh well, i disagree okay don't they don't work as the hourly rate as probably somebody working nine to five but physically, it's probably depending on what job you're going to compare and contrast with. It's probably more demanding physically. Mentally, it's probably the same because most times within the realms of I'm going to I'm going to use normality. It's probably not the right word, but be a nine to five job is going to be more stressors. There's somebody weighing the load on you that sometimes you can't bear by yourself. Whereas sport you don't wear the brunt of that load yourself. You, you've got coaches, depends how talkative you are, coaches, uh, if you had an injury, physios, doctors, uh, psychologists, you name it. The, 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 this, this figurative bubble is your oyster. You, you, can, you can utilize that to your heart's content, well, not to heart's content, but to a certain extent, if you had a problem within those fields, there's somebody to talk to. Whereas in the normal world, and I'll use the, the, the U.S. as to make my point more poignant, you obviously have you need money to be able to facilitate that. Whereas an athlete doesn't. It's 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 at their beckoning, it's at their call. It's whether or not they utilize it. Okay. Well, before we finish, uh, I would like you to tell the the uh, the audience. Um, a little bit about what your your day or life is like now and any final thoughts you'd like to leave them with yeah my day well my day is probably a lot more stressful than it was when i was an athlete um because i'm having to uh oversee other people other people and other individuals very much more like a managerial role whereas i think when i was an athlete i could be a little bit more self-centered it was all everything revolved around me and whereas now i have to have a little bit of 
thinking of others, be it how they're speaking, be it, I think with the online platform it makes it a lot easier, be it how they're talking about themselves on social media, how they're speaking to me and be it face-to-face on Zoom, Skype, Facebook, Messenger, be it from that basis, how are you communicating, how are you feeling, uh, and be very much a a teacher, a guidance counsellor, uh, a parental figure as to, okay, take us, and very much a listener, as opposed to in the past, I could go on the offensive, it's, well, this is a problem, what do I need to do? Do I pick a lot of times? I think this is where probably I, I, I good and bad is good, bad perspective. I'll pick up the phone and pass the problem to a family member, and then sometimes it, it helps to get it out, out of my psyche because okay, I've dealt with the problem, I pass it on to somebody else, but they can't do anything about it because it's like, well, it could be to something to do with selection. Well, they can't fight my battles because that's going to put me in a worse predicament because. I've got family trying to fight my battles when when it's at the end of the day, the buck stops at me, whether or not I win or lose. Whereas I think with that, it's trying to take certain aspects of what I learned in that into in the athlete profession and put it in, back into my coaching role. Some of them can't come over, be it the competitive nature, be it um, perspective of competing that one i i need to dial it down a little bit or take aspects of it because that's brutal because you try and compare yourself with others and, and you're setting up yourself to fail straight away because it's like well why is such and such doing a, and, and it, it comes back to this this thought process you start doubting yourself again so i think it's remembering to to, to, to certain aspects i could take away and others i need to kind of leave where they were exactly in the past Okay, and uh, final thought for the listeners? I think my final thought, Max, and that's a great question to end on, is be open. I think it's, it, from if you can take anything from from this in, this uh, episode, have open mindedness. It's it, it's try try try. What's the saying? Try try again. And I think it's Thomas the Tank Engine that one. Yeah, be in, be open to those friends, family business connections that ask you, have you thought about trying and fill in the blank? You still there or did I lose you? No, I'm still here. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to come on. What's your excuse with me? And um, I uh, look forward to hearing what uh, the viewers and listeners have to say. And hopefully some of them will, uh, will share some good positive experiences after, after having, uh, Learned, learned from you during the course of the hour. Oh, I thoroughly enjoyed it, Max. I'm glad to hear that. Um, and uh, you can find James at fitamputee.co.uk. And I'm proud that I only messed that up once and I corrected myself before you did. So, um, and uh, is there... Is there something going on like in the next few weeks or months that you would like to mention to people? Is there uh, a course, an event, anything like that? Oh, I've just started – well, I pushed it off a little bit. It was supposed to start um, 
today i've pushed okay. it back. i've pushed it back another week because um as we're speaking our, our schools in the well not all of them but where i live exclusively i haven't gone back to school yet so it, it was a program a course program i was going to run for people to get ready for christmas parties uh, near a christmas so it's a free month course Okay, a lot of stress involved in the holidays, so probably not a bad idea to get them started pretty pretty soon. So um, I'm assuming they'll be able to find information about that on your website when it goes live? Yep. Okay, all right. Well, I look forward to that, and be sure and, and remind me when you start offering it so I can help promote it and hopefully get uh, more people to take advantage of, uh, of, of uh, your experiences in, in managing stress like that. I appreciate the, the, all the help I can get, Max. All right. Well, thank you. I appreciate it, and uh, have a good day. You too. All right. Bye. Okay, so we had another great conversation again this week, this time with uh, James Roberts. And a couple of things that he pointed out that I want to remind you about is one he talked about people would ask him, have you thought about trying this? And it applied to his sports days. It also applied to recently when he was dealing with anxiety caused from some physical issues. So uh, when, when a good friend, somebody you trust, somebody you know has the, your best interest at heart comes up and says, have you thought about writing, writing a book or running a marathon or selling your cupcakes in your neighborhood or on the internet. Think about it. Don't just dismiss it out of hand. Don't just say, I can't, I shouldn't, I won't, that's not me. Uh, Take those opportunities. Think about them. Um, The other thing is, is that meditation has value. You've heard me talk about modern meditation where we use everyday uh, activities like your exercise, repetitive, monotonous chores as a way of focusing, thinking, and, and, uh, and getting out of your way for a short period of time so you can have more clarity. And uh, so he uses an app called Headspace that I honestly will say I've never heard of until today, or if I did, it didn't register in my brain. Uh, So meditation is important to him. Also a collaborative approach uh, in their medical system, but that could apply to anything. I mean, if you are going to to go after a big goal, uh, you really should have a team. You know, mentors, coaches, friends, people who have done what you're going to do. Uh, those are some things to think about. Uh, I love that he talked about seeing things from a positive mindset. And it's always cool when you hear somebody successful say that they called and asked their mom. So I think we got a lot of good stuff from James today. I hope you'll visit his website at uh, fitamputee.co.uk. Um As you know, you can always find me at theblindblogger.net. I do want to remind you about my friends, Chip and Pam Edwards, over at Create My Voice. If your blog, podcast, or both are not on the Alexa and Google Home systems, you are missing out on a huge potential audience of millions of people who could appreciate your content, who might decide to follow what you're doing and listen to it. Uh, I spoke to Chip just yesterday, and he told me that a new feature is coming where whenever somebody listens to your blog or podcast on Alexa or Google, it's going to prompt them, do you want to be notified when the next piece of content comes out? 
So you get the equivalent of somebody following your blog or subscribing to your email list, but instead they're going to be subscribed on Alexa or Google and they're going to get an audio notification. It's going to say, Hey, uh, the blind blogger just released a new podcast episode. Would you like to listen to it now? And so I think that's a cool feature. He knows about it because he's a developer on both platforms, which is another reason you want to hire Chip and Pam if you're going to hire anybody. You can find them at createmyvoice.com. Uh, and of course, you can find me at theblindblogger.net. That's where you can buy my books, take my courses, uh, purchase motivational merchandise with some of my favorite sayings on them. And it's also where you can hire me to get you booked on podcasts, radio shows, and other platforms. Uh, I hope that you will visit the website, theblindblogger.net, and feel free to reach out to me. Send me an email through the contact form. I always love hearing from people. I like to be the voice that uh, will appreciate your successes and encourage you from your disappointments. So until next time, uh, thank you and take care out there. Buck up, little buckaroo, don't let the monkeys get to you. Hold on tight and you'll get through. Buck up, little buckaroo. Cheer up, little sunshine girl, there's lots of pain in this cruel world. Lots of rain falls on you, girl. Cheer up, little sunshine girl. Oh, it's gonna be all right. All right, I want you to know that you've come a long, 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 long way. And you've still got a long way to go.